0: Welcome back to Decadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Scott as Mr. Ornan Opalbleacher. At your service. Sabrina as Sylvie Everpine.
1: Oh, hello.
0: Jordan as Dr. Victim. <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I'm giving you guys some hints about what's gonna happen to this episode. Big Magrim's gonna become a, a quack plastic surgeon. jordan as dr victor Mogrimsky. you're most welcome matt as Guy of grants harbor that is my name don't wear it out me paul as master dungeon and dragons esquire we'd like to formally thank you for joining us tonight this morning tomorrow yesterday 12 years from now We're having a great time doing this podcast, and we're glad you're having a great time listening. For all of our new listeners who joined us for Campaign 2, Chorus of the Forsaken, don't forget you can check out Campaign 1, the Crystal Codex, during the long six-day drought between new episode releases. Or, if you've been with us all along, but you miss your old friends Pine, Nari, Ebby, Roos, Joff, and Richter... Did I miss somebody? The only one I miss is Gigi. Well, maybe a re listen is in order for you as well. You can hear our quality improve over each episode, and you get to be part of an epic story reminiscent of the JRPGs of the Super Nintendo era. Regardless, we're glad you're here with us now, whenever now is for you. Anyway, if you're waiting for me to throw some skeletons riding motorcycles at our heroes, then it'll be a long wait, and this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, episode 16. I know that game. I loved that game. (laughs) I may be one of the only people who loved that game. Did you like the first or the second one? I preferred the second one because the second one included the entire first one. (laughs) 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 That was a trick question. Well, very well, welcome back to Via Severia and the city of Redlam in the Alaron Barony. Last time we were together, we witnessed the aftermath of a colleague of Sylvie being burned on a pyre. We saw the crowd disperse after um, some words from an Aonin arch prelate. Also, on the other side of town, Guy and Dilar had a meeting with a tabaxi woman named Eleona, who was a tailor at Thistledown Threads. After a um, confusing conversation in Thieves' Cant, business was had and Dilar was handed over to this woman, Eliona, who said that she will help find Dilar um, a place to be safe. But she also informed you that the person who used to do this kind of work uh, probably had just been burnt on a pyre. Dilar and Prancifal were left with Eliona, who assured um, Guy that he would be taken care of. But she also mentioned that there is a group here in Redlam, a secret group of magic users in hiding, uh, calling themselves the Silent Voice or the Silenced Voice. I can't remember which one I wrote down, but I think it's the Silent Voice. Um, After Magrim, Sylvie, and Ornan, uh, went to the inn called the Oaken Throne where uh, some more people from the caravan were staying and Guy joined them as well. There was some conversation in the common room with Calden as well as with Ryla. Guy was putting on the moves with Ryla. Also, the family that had been traveling with them in their caravan was there as well, minus one person. Uh, grandma. The, the, the elderly <laughs> woman. The
1: most suspicious grandma I've ever met.
0: Oh, geez. Uh, she was no longer with them. And when you confronted the family, they said, oh, no, she wasn't uh, related to us. Once we got into town, she went her separate way and she said that she had family here in town. And that woman, uh, we got a very uh, strong reaction from Matt, the player. I don't think we got it from <laughs> he. I think, I'm pretty sure that was Matt, the player. Yeah, Matt, the player. But he did talk to, he did talk to Calden about it. Yes, yes. Um, after uh, a, a little bit more time spent in, uh, in the inn, in the common room, uh, Ornan chatted up some halflings and he found out a couple of other things, some little tidbits of information. He found out that the new sect of Aonin inquisitors are called Navorians, uh, the ones who have the, uh, they use arcane magic against itself. Um, and also he learned that something is going on with the shrine of Sylvanus just outside of town. Uh, the druids and caretakers of the shrine have been seen more and more in town and they apparently have been meeting in a park in the city instead of in the shrine of sylvanus where they would be expected to to be after all of this our heroes went to bed and in the morning they woke up to find gardenia Gardinia, um, <laughs> their other ally from the uh, caravan, uh, was there with a couple of other guards from the Baron, informing them that the Baron requested their presence to help explain all of these shenanigans and uh, sketchy circumstances of how um, the money was gathered in Berograd and brought back to the Baron of Alaron. And that's where we're at right now, in the common room of the Oaken Throne, talking with Gardenia, who informs them, uh, our party, that uh, she is to bring them to the Baron in Umbral
2: Pike Keep. Well, I think we should probably change our clothes, though. I've got a gravy stain on my shirt. I need to go get that new one that uh, Guy bought for me. No, so no, no, we, I think No,
1: I think we should we stay should in change, our, our regular clothes
2: Yeah, we
0: should change out of these new fancy threads that I bought us yesterday <laughs> That's right, I am wearing my
2: fancy duds <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I also And you can't even can see <laughs> the gravy stain I sure should. hope this gravy
3: stain comes <laughs> out
1: <laughs> It looks good, it's distinguished, don't worry about it
3: You know, I know a very special trick to get stains out of clothing Does it it urine? Urine? <laughs> <laughs> it Is it urine? It's urine, it's totally urine <laughs> You guys saw right through that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Ornan, let's go back upstairs so I can pee on you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back down Gardinia. He said loudly in the middle of the Uh. bar.
0: (laughs) We'll be right back down Gardinia. We need to go change. We'll 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 come along in just a a minute, okay? Give us give us twenty five. All right, I'll be down here waiting. And she goes back to the front and uh uh, uh sits down at a bench with uh, the other two guards who are here, all wearing the livery of uh, of the baron of Alaron. I shouldn't also explain the um the livery uh the the sigil um of the baron of Alaron. it looks like uh their uh his colors are uh white and green halved so the uh if you're looking at like a flag or like at a tabard the um the left half is white with a red rampant fox. And the, um, the left side is uh, green with a white sword pointing down. That's for me. I, I do that for me. I just, I like... <laughs> I, no, I like I, I, When I was in college, um, I well, I was poor and I should have been buying books for my classes. And instead, I bought a book about heraldry because <laughs> that's, that's, that's me. That's amazing. You learn all about chevrons and... And uh, Rampants and uh, 7-Elevens. And, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and, stations. Stations. Yeah. and yeah. Bar and, and tech Chief, Saltier <laughs> and all that. Or Salter or Saltier, however you say it. All right, awesome. Okay, so you guys head back upstairs to the room that you all share. So poor you had to eat nothing but Saltiers. I mean Saltines. Yes. Cut that joke. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. womp. womp. All right, you guys head back up to your room. It's a uh, it's the room on the third floor. It is um, overlooking the front of the inn. There are two uh, bunk beds in it. All right, everyone. Do we try to go out the window, or are we actually going to go with Gardenia? Well, I
1: think we should probably go with her. But I think we should answer questions as with as little detail as possible.
3: Yes, I think that is uh, that would be a good idea. And I don't know that if we run now. I think we risk whether this is an innocuous meeting or something more confrontational. We don't know. But if we run, it will be confrontational the next time. Yeah, that's true.
1: At this point, they have nothing on us. If we just kind of plead ignorance and, and plead the fifth, I, I don't think there's much they can use against us.
0: Well, I mean, it depends on what's been reported about us. And honestly, I'm very nervous about the Baron. Even uh, Tobias was worried for his life, and he's like the Baron's best friend.
1: Uh, also, not to not to bring up a sore point, but Gee, do you think uh, you're gonna be an issue? Wilhelm might be an issue.
0: Do I really look
1: like that anymore?
0: I mean, I've changed my whole look.
1: You don't think anybody here could, would is gonna be looking for you that hard? I don't.
0: I don't know. Honestly, I was never a big player. I was just, I mean, I'm a player, but I was
3: never. I was <laughs> Ryle never is like
0: laying, laying, laying there in bed just thinking about what a player you are.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like in the bunk bed next to us. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. <laughs> oh, sorry, Orna. Did, Did we wake you up there on the top bunk? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> oh you guys gosh. were surprisingly quiet. I expected it to be noisier. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm very disappointing in bed. Oh. <laughs> Oh my know.
0: goodness. Anyway, um you're right. I think we sh- I think we we instantly make an enemy. I just worry that we go into that keep, especially having to explain all the bizarre happenings over in Peregrad that we are potentially enter like
2: basically putting our hands out for the shackles. I don't know that we have a choice though. We become fugitives right now or we walk right in and and maybe try to talk our way out of it. If we run away, that's a bad, I think that's the wrong move. I think we go in and see if we can't, I don't know, talk our way through this.
1: Plead ignorance. Yeah,
0: sure. Sylvie, you, you have that bracelet, right? That will, uh, will charm someone to like you better?
1: I'm quite charming, if that's what you mean. Yes, I do. It's been a few days
0: since we last uh, checked out those items. Have we had a chance to figure out what all the rest of them do?
2: Ooh. Oh, yeah, 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 for
0: sure, for sure. If you guys would have spent some time uh, with them, I think there's four items left that you guys have not figured out yet. So each of you could have spent a couple hours over the last couple of days and and figured these out. Okay, before I forget, um, I want to know what everyone's uh, passive insight is. 13 for Ornan. 11 for Guy. Uh
3: 17 for
0: Mogram.
1: Sylvia's 10.
0: So 17 for Magram. Mogram, you, um, as you guys are talking about, like, running or not, you realize that... Um, uh potentially were you to run, um, it could also be very bad for Gardenia.
2: Okay. Not for our Gardenia. And
0: Tobias. I mean, we like Tobias
2: too. And well, and Tobias too, but, yeah. but
0: Gardenia is literally here trying to get you. And so yeah. and she's also lower on
3: the totem pole. So it'd be easier for her to meet. would definitely say that. Yeah, Margam would definitely be like, look, if we if if Gardenia fails to return with us, it would likely mean something very bad would happen to her as well. So at least for her sake, perhaps we go. We could never let anything happen to her. Not that angel. Never. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's
2: the main Gardena character. Gardenia is such a, such a sweet lady. Let's go and take care Do of her. Do you remember when she jumped off the ruins and she twisted her ankle and almost died? <laughs> she got like
0: six, six damage from a 10-foot fall and she only has 11 hit points. Ah, oh, gosh, Gardenia. Okay, all right, so let's, let's go over these items here real quick. <laughs> yes. Um, these items, real quick. We have uh, the scepter, the queen's scepter. So that is, it's a mace and it is a magical mace. So if like somebody is um, like, if, if, you, if a weapon needs to be magical to deal full damage, it will do, it's not a plus one, I think, but it is magic. So it, it will, it'll break through that defense. Um, but um, when you wield it, if you have it in your hand, And if you are attuned to it, um, you have advantage on persuasion and intimidation. It has to be in your hand. Wild. Oh, so you have to be like cosplaying as a pretty, pretty princess. I mean, you could be holding it in your hand and have it down at your side, but it has to be held in your hand to gain that advantage.
2: Okay. So, yes. So you, um, you hold your rod. And it gives you advantage on persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> get a load of this! <laughs> Yikes, that's uh, that's quite the rod to give you advantage on intimidation.
0: I believe it's a it, 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 hey. Get your <laughs> mind out of the gutter. This one's scepter. a scepter.
2: <laughs> this one's a scepter. This one's a scepter. It's got a big it's ball on the It's only a
0: rod if it's we kind of give <laughs> it to Jordan. <laughs> 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 All right, um and then next we have got um, there was a dagger uh, from way back underneath the castle of Grimley Castle. That dagger is a plus one dagger that's that's uh, what it is Ooh. oh nice okay the um the shield the shield is uh, what it does is when you are when you have the shield um it, it does not require um uh attunement. But when you have the shield, you have advantage on initiative rolls and pr- wisdom perception checks. Whoa. No. Nice. It's, it's basically, it's a sentinel shield. Damn. Dude, okay. Just, just for everybody's, like, um, edification, Pine didn't get one of those until right before the final fight with Iramil in the last campaign. It was like Pine's capstone item. Capstone, but not the most powerful. Just the last I item he got. It's not, not super powerful, though. It's pretty cool. It doesn't require attunement though. And it does advantage on no perception without attunement and advantage on, on uh initiative. That's when the shield is in yeah, but when it when, when while you're holding the shield, you have to have the shield on your arm. So if okay. you're just walking along with it strapped to your back, you don't get that. It has yeah. to be on your arm. I think Mogrim should have that so we can get higher up in initiative so that instead of constantly like trying to <laughs> play catch up and keep us healed, you can actually like do things like bless or heroism or something. I mean,
3: he is the he is the combat medic. He's the support character. So it makes sense. But uh, but no, I mean, we could we can roll with it, I guess. Either way.
0: And then the last thing was that suit of studded leather armor. Um, it is a, it's just plus one studded leather armor.
2: It has one extra stud.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: yes. <laughs> oh, it's so, studly. which is a real shame because it totally makes it look unbalanced.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: So yeah, those are your items. So you guys can split those up however you want to. And then you guys are changing your clothes. You decided. Yeah, you know, Ghee wants that horsey armor, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, the scepter would be rad, too, but the, uh, he definitely wants the horse armor.
1: That's fine by me.
3: I think Ghee, if you want to take the scepter, I think go for it unless anybody else wants it. But I don't think Mogram is not charismatic, so he's going to try to avoid making any sorts of persuasion checks at all.
0: Yeah, I think I mean, it would definitely get the most bang for your buck with Ghee. Um but I also don't want to claim all the cool stuff,
2: like the horse armor.
1: <laughs> no, take it. Go for it.
2: I have dark vision for 180 feet now.
3: Oh, 180 yeah. feet? <laughs>
1: wow. Dark oh, yeah. vision for yes.
3: Dark areas actually glow to Ornan. When people open their mouth, it's like headlights turn on. <laughs> 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 well, while we are
0: doing that, are you guys all squared away upstairs and ready to come on down?
3: I believe so. A quick question. Did anybody want the studded leather armor? I know a couple of merchants who want it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the correct thing. Cause I've got that scale mail I lifted from Roland's keep. Um, but it gives me disadvantage on stealth, but it, it's one more AC than the studded leather. So I guess the question is what's, what do you guys think would be more important? I, I want to pull my companions here. Uh, Higher AC but disadvantage on stealth or lower AC but no disadvantage? I think so far I'm the only one who's done stealth checks, right? Ordin turns
2: to face you and his whole like heavy suit of armor... Just makes so much noise. <laughs> I mean, <that> sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's, all, it's covered in bells.
0: <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> you know,
0: you know. Oh, gosh. I imagine there are there are literally two uh, two um, of those uh, cast iron uh, skillets. They're just clanging together every time you move. <laughs> You're cast iron Gamgee. skillets. <laughs> you yeah. never know
1: and you might need to bust them out to make some lunch.
0: Of course. Honestly, I, I would say stick with the, I would honestly say stick
3: with the scale because have you really had to sneak at all, not really. And and I think you're right. I think I'd love to get more gold out of stuff. So let's sell the the more valuable thing if we need to. Or we can save it until
0: one of us dies and Serena becomes a, a main character and we can give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. <sighs> Paul did warn me. He's like, I hope everybody has a backup character. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. You guys are finishing up upstairs, changing out of your fancy clothes, trying to figure out how to get this William Shakespeare collar off, getting all turned around. And um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the canary <laughs> yellow outfit um, is taken off and burned. It's like, <laughs> no, Ornan, Ornan, that's not the collar. That's a coffee filter from downstairs. Well, they're about the same (laughs) size. Yeah, it's like, um, uh, it takes like, it takes your full forearm to tie that bow, so.
1: Yes, I noticed. I uh, I can't quite reach
0: it. Very good. All right. Are you guys all set then? You head back downstairs? I guess. Geez. Yeah, I suppose so. All right, as you head back downstairs, uh, Gardenia sees you. She stands up. The other two guards that are with her, they stand up as well. Um, And she says, all right, if you will follow me. Um, She leads you out of the Oaken Throne. I'm going to kind of describe um, the city, but if you guys want to talk to Gardenia at all on this walk, uh, you can do that after I kind of describe what's happening. So the Oaken Throne is kind of on the south side of the city. Okay, as you walk out of the Oaken Throne, um, just a little bit south of center is Umbral Pike Keep. I'll just say it's right; it's it's in the middle of the city, and it is a massive complex. If you were to split the um, the uh, the city into like a, a three by three grid, like a tic tac toe board, um, Umbral Pike Keep is almost the entire central square um, of the city. It is quite large you can see uh for as you're walking around it's kind of it's up on a, it's up on a hill like the the walls around it are not on the hill but then the inside is raised up so that you can see these buildings and towers poking up um over the wall of the castle um as you walk around the east side of the building to come around towards the gatehouse uh you can see that it is this massive um dark stone um structure uh, with a large portcullis that is up currently Um, there is these large wooden doors that are swung open as well and you can see as you go through the uh, the gatehouse you can look up and you can see these murder holes up above you you can see that these portcullis it's a series of three portcullis uh, however you say it and these massive doors with big beams that come down this castle seems very very impervious to um to a head-on assault Um, And as you go through the gatehouse, you enter into this complex of Umbral Umbral Pike Keep. The keep itself, the castle is large and it's almost like inside the castle is its own separate little village, its own, its own community. You can see that as you were outside of the castle, you saw guards walking around that patrolled the city. When you come inside the castle, you see that the guards, even though they wear similar livery, similar colors, there is a difference in the cut. The armor is higher quality. It is more steel and less leather, right? It is The weapons are more dangerous and deadly, you see drilling in the yard. You see, um, you see that there are uh, homes uh, in here as well. You can see that there's like people baking. You see um, a woman chasing her children um, as somebody else is beating some rugs with one of those you know rug wand things that you beat uh, you beat rugs with. Um, but the main part of this castle is all these different buildings that are all kind of stuck together. Um, but it still has that fortified feeling. But it is kind of interesting to see community happening inside the castle, like you would see outside the castle as well. Um, and Gardenia is going to take you right to uh, the Baron. So if anybody wants to talk to her as you guys are making this
2: trek, go ahead. Gardenia, what kind of reception should we
3: expect from the Baron? Yes, yeah, so what, uh, what is his mood and disposition? What can we expect? Yeah, how close is she to the other guards, too?
0: uh they're they're pretty much they're not shoulder to shoulder but you can't talk to her without having them over here as well okay okay good to know um it's like she's in the middle with you guys and then they each take up a spot on either side of you um they look um these these guards that are with her they look like these more um heavily armored um uh, better trained guards um like the, the baron's personal guard basically the castle guards as opposed to the city guards
1: so she might not be able to answer, you know, completely honestly at this moment.
0: Yeah, well, that's why
2: I didn't say much more than that.
0: Well, she'll she'll give you some information. Uh, she says, "Well, actually, the Baron's mood. I was in uh, the meeting when, as Tobias." Uh, was questioned and uh the baron asked very few questions in fact the baron only asked one question and the rest of the talking was done by uh the baron's small council so i imagine you can expect the same um so just so you're aware when you when you go in uh the council consists of four people there will be uh sephora the mistress of coin uh eleanor is the chancellor you'll recognize her she's an older woman um thaddeus lightbringer he is the um the high priest of torm here in the city and then also uh the general of the baron's armies cedric he's the dwarven man you you can't miss him so those four will probably be doing most of the questions wait the 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 high priest of torm not Iona. oh yes no high priest of torm uh yeah yes um I'm not exactly sure how it all works out, but uh, but basically um, the Baron, as far as I know, um, she kind of looks to the side of the other guards to see if like she's maybe saying too much, but they just kind of ignore her. So she says... The baron's family has always worshipped Torm, I I do believe. And um, the high priest of Torm has had a place on the baron's council for generations. Um, Even though uh, the Church of Aeona is um, maybe more popular and has more of a presence here in the city, uh, uh, the high priest of Torm has a higher position in the city, if that makes sense. It's almost... As far as I'm aware, and, and you guys would kind of be aware of this as well, kind of in the maybe not ever spelled out, but everyone kind of has this idea. Um, and, and she'll she'll say what that idea is. As far as I am aware, the reason why Aona has such a presence here is because Aona is the Church of Aona and their mission has been sanctioned by Mirloff and by the royal family, by the king. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that they are in control but it means that their methods and their mission is sanctioned by royal decree as opposed to um basically and she kind of looks to the guards again she's like the baron can't do much to stop them as long as they're following what their sanctioned mission is does that make sense not that he wants to or not that we would ask him to or anything don't worry I'm not. I'm. I'm more worried for that, you. That was. <laughs> that was. That was for the benefit of the other guards. Gotcha. Yeah. Any, any other questions you guys want to ask, uh, Gardenia?
1: Not with these hoes around.
0: <laughs> your short hair looks nice. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, yes, I actually i I was promoted. So. Um... And they cut your hair with the promotion. I'm going for a whole new style. Um, <laughs> awesome.
2: You're a, a new chapter. I like it.
1: Looks great. You'll have to give me the number of your stylist.
3: Yeah, me too. Do, <laughs> they, uh, do they do mustaches? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure, sure they eyebrows can do. Too. <laughs> <Ornan's> <laughs> eyebrows are like
0: sticking out past his shop. nose.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> do they All do right. threading?
2: I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> what is this, the mall? Um, all right. Uh, I always think of threading as like a kiosk in the mall. <laughs> uh, anyway, as you guys move through Umbral Pike Keep, um, you head towards a large building uh, kind of in the center of the complex. You see that there are some stairs going up to this double door. You can see a big banner hanging over the door. You know, it's split white and green, just like all the other banners and flags you've seen over the castle. Um, And uh, she leads you uh, into uh, this area of the of the castle you walk in and there is this large uh, hall uh it is probably 40 feet wide and easily 100 feet long you see banners hanging the ceiling is very very high you can see there's balconies up on either side you see people milling about in here everyone kind of looks dressed um in nice clothes they look like they're doing important things you see conversations happening over in one corner you see um a group of like five guards all um uh, not goose stepping, but marching in, um, in, in, uh, in rhythm with each other, uh, down another side of the hall and gardenia but takes kinda you silly looking, but exactly but, but kind of a silly march. Like you see, you know, soldiers all over the world doing, um, and, uh, gardenia takes you, uh, down this hall about halfway. And then there is on the left side of the hall, there is this double door that she takes you up to and she knocks three times and stands back and then the doors open and you are led into a room Um, as you walk into this room you can see that the floor um, is made up of marble tiles there are these like wooden um, like inlays of this design Uh, very fancy very intricate and very expensive looking you can see that there are um, pillars or uh, columns that look like they support the ceiling for the grandeur of that outside hallway this is actually a relatively small um kind of great hall great or like a throne room type of thing um and as you walk in you imagine maybe this is not like the grand hall maybe this is a like a, a separate smaller hall like a council chamber type of a thing but as An you walk okay in hall okay, oh, This is an okay hall, yes. But very well decorated and designed. Um, as you walk in, you can see that there are other people in here. There are two guards standing, one on either side of the entrance, and then... Um, uh, as you move into the room, you can see that there is a dais at the far wall, and that dais has a throne on it. And um, there's one of those big, like, green canopy things, like you see over over thrones, and it is green. Um, and you can see like the emblem of a white sword has been stitched into it, and it's flanked on either side by these green and white banners. And sitting on the uh, throne, you see an older man. It looks like he is. Um, Geralt of Rivia. Uh, that's not Geralt of Rivia.
1: Like, that's could 60
0: be. years. Okay. Totally could, could be.
1: be. Just, he's, just old. He's,
0: it smacks of some Geralt. <laughs> okay, it does smack of some <laughs> Geralt. This man has white hair and a white beard. He also looks... Um, he has a scowl on his face. And just looking at him from across the room, you imagine this is... This is his resting face. He's got RSF, resting scowl face. Um, but it also looks like it, he, he has this, he has a build to him and an air to him of a warrior. Um, and you imagine that even though his hair is white, um, that maybe it's prematurely white, or maybe he just keeps in, in good shape. Um, but that looks to be Baron Thorne Darkheart, the Baron of. Alaron Barony. Oh,
1: yes, yeah. Okay. That hair slicks that... back real good, guys.
0: Oh, yeah. looks good. He looks pretty good. He can play a
3: wicked slap face. He looks pretty good. Um, <laughs> as,
0: <laughs> as, you, as you guys are walking in, you see some other figures. You see down in front of the dais, you can see that there is a table that is set up and there are four seats at the table. Um, on one end of the table, you see a man. He is older. He's got a nicely trimmed like salt and pepper beard and mustache. He's wearing uh, some sort of of a religious hat on his head. It's not a miter like the Pope would wear, but it has that kind of, um, uh, I don't want to be offensive or anything, but that kind of- Yeah. That is exactly what I was thinking for and looking for. It is an impractical hat and it is decorated with symbols of Torm. Like uh, it has like a uh, stitched on it. A couple of, you can see even at this distance, like some gold fists um, that are uh, etched onto it. Um, Cause the symbol of Torm is, I believe a gauntlet, um, uh, a fist. Uh, and uh, he is sitting at one end. Um, and then next to him uh, facing the entrance, as you are walking in, you can see an older woman. Uh, she has also has white hair. Her hair is done up into a, bun but she has like some of it hanging down along her back she's wearing this beautiful dark blue uh, gown high up on the uh, on the neck it's very very dark it almost looks black Um, she is talking to the person sitting next to her who is an older dwarf he has a thick white beard but it's still a brown thick um uh, luscious mustache um he is wearing armor um but it looks like um More of like armor of state, like ceremonial armor, as opposed to something that you would actually wear into battle. And you imagine this must be the general of the armies. Um, And the fourth person uh, of this council is actually standing off to the side. Uh, She is a younger woman. She's probably maybe 40 years old. Um, she's got dark brown skin she's got short hair uh, she's dressed very um, you can tell her clothing is nice uh, well made but it's not ostentatious it's got like some uh, some brown uh, breeches and a jacket and vest um, and she is actually over uh, talking with Tobias um, over in the corner and Gardenia kind of steps over uh, to uh, to talk to them as well as you come into this chamber
1: and in case our listeners are wondering, she is snatched. Do not oh, worry.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Super cute. <laughs> don't blame me. Blame AI. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining <laughs> about the tokens you make. Nobody does. Uh, <laughs> and check out Eleanor, the older lady. Mm, 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 ooh, I Oh,
3: yeah.
0: Uh, you like. You this campaign so far has started wow. to turn me ageist and sexist, and I don't trust old women anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the old religious man with the impractical hat you're fine with. It's the, it's the woman who looks like she's got it all together. She's the one that you have a problem with. Oh, gosh. I kid, I kid. I'm not either of those things um as you as you walk in uh you can see at the far end the baron kind of he's sitting there he kind he's kind of uh kind of leaned over kind of has, has uh his chin on one fist and as you walk in he kind of sits upright and just stares down at you as you start to make your way down into the middle of the room the woman who was talking with tobias uh steps over to you um and she introduces herself she says um Thank you for coming. I am Sephora. I am the mistress of coin here in Alaron Barony. Um, I'm sure it was explained to you uh, why we've called you here. If you can just um, please, to our council and to the Baron, and she motions up to the Baron, who kind of nods down at her, if you could please, if you can just help us understand uh, the complicated story that uh, our esteemed colleague Tobias uh, relayed to us earlier today we'd very much appreciate some light being shed on all of these uh crazy (laughs) goings-ons crazy goings-ons is (laughs) um and uh, official yes so then sephora this uh this uh the mistress of coins she goes and she takes her seat and so uh now you have sitting at this table you have thaddeus the high priest of torm the uh, religious counselor, you have Eleanor, uh, actually Eleanora, the, uh, the older woman who is the, the chancellor, and you have Cedric, the dwarven general, and Sephora, the, uh, the mistress of coin, as you step in. And then um, as you step in, Eleanora, the chancellor, she says, go ahead and start where you think it makes the most sense. Well, it's not really that complicated. I mean, there were some squid snakes, and then a wizard in the woods, and then there was a evil... No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. (laughs) 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 Let me start by saying that while we were present for many of these events, um, Tobias uh, and his, uh, primarily the head of his guard, Gardinia, really spearheaded all of the the protective um, and combative aspects of the story. She was uh, a great battlefield leader. And um, it does our heart good to see that she has been promoted um eleanora the chancellor the older woman she says uh what did she say cut the crap <laughs> yeah, basically she says she says she says we're not here for flattery we're here for the truth
2: well it really wasn't all that complicated
1: yeah i'm not quite sure how we could shed more light
2: old roly-poly was stealing money <laughs> tell us
0: about this old roly-poly was stealing money what 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 what
2: roly-poly is that sir roland oh yes that's what we townsfolk up in bear ground all call him (laughs) roly-poly so yes some of the townsfolk do say that
0: yes some of them and i like very casually point point across my chest over at and some of them (laughs) call him that (laughs) So then uh, <laughs> as, you, as you do that, Eleonora says, oh, please step forward, my my deep gnome friend. What is your name?
2: Oh, Ornanopal Bleacher, Hatcher Service. Please step forward. Closer, oh, please. Ha- more than that? Um, please. How many? Please. St- st- okay. No, maybe five more feet. Nope, that's But this too close. room is very intimidating. There you go. Right up here. Right up on the table. Come on. Kit, can, can you see my eyes from here? I'm, I can't see all of barely, you.
0: Barely barely over the table. Um as you are watching Ornan uh kind of move up towards the table, um anyone with a with a uh uh Uh, passive perception more than 12 notices that Gardenia is kind of standing next to Tobias and she looks over at you guys and she starts motioning you all forward with her hand like down at her waist. She's kind of like, go up there, go up there. Okay. I'll start moving forward too. So maybe not as far as Ornan, but... um, Oh, one back. She did request Ornan step forward. Yeah, yeah. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So Ornan is a little bit closer. The rest of you are all a little bit further back, but um, Eleonora says, good friend... Deep Gnome, why don't you tell us who you are and what your connection is to Baragrad and to Sir roly You can see that they also, they have um, paper out. And it looks like um, uh, w- with your guys' passives, um, not all of you will notice this, but enough of you will notice this, that uh, it looks like some of them are taking notes and some of them have paper in front of them as, a, as kind of a
2: prop. Well, my name is Ornan Opal Bleacher. I'm a tax paying citizen of Beargrad. I I uh, used to run a tavern up there called the All the Way Inn. And uh, like I said, I'm a tax paying citizen. The dwarf general starts laughing uproariously at that. <laughs> and then he gets an elbow <laughs> from, the, from Eleonora. He's like, oh, uh, pardon, I'm, uh, I, I apologize. Continue. Now I met an acquaintance with with Tobias and he he requested uh, a a little help. He was worried about uh, Sir Roly-Poly and we went on to uh to kind of maybe be some uh, bodyguards, extra extra help. If you get get what I'm trying to say. Um, she holds up one finger and she says Excuse excuse me Mr. Oppleblecher. I um I'm I'm sorry. The timeline confuses me. Um when did you meet uh Tobias? On the road out to out toward Baragrad.
0: Okay. Okay. So can you tell me
2: about the events of your meeting, Tobias? Well, there was a caravan that was delayed and I had a shipment of goods on the on the, the caravan and went out to inspect it. And wh- that's where we, I met these companions here and, and that's where we met uh, old, old Tobias. They were waylaid by some squid snakes. Squid snakes,
0: okay. Um, and then the, uh, the Dwarven general speaks up, he's like, squid snakes, are you, uh, tell me more about the battle that ensued with these quid, squid snakes. Well, I was running uh, he between some. He, 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 he's talking to the whole group, not necessarily just Ornan, but Ornan can continue to talk if he wants to, because I love it. <laughs> And at, some point, there's in, be, at some point, there's going to be some checks that are going to need to be made. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> if it's Ornan
2: doing all the talking, that's great. Yeah. Well, I was Ooh. running between the legs of some horses and there was these squid snakes snatching people. It was, it was quite a fracas, but uh, we survived. How about, the timeline is this. Um, we arrived late in the evening to find
0: the... So one of the wagons had been... Um, was there, no, all the wagons had been delayed because there was some debris in the road that stopped the, the forward progress. And so we actually stayed the night there with the caravan. And in the night, there were some uh, squid snakes. I've I've heard them called gricks, but I think that squid snakes is the, uh, the technical term. Um, He's nodding. The, the dwarf is nodding. Yes, squid snakes.
1: And at least one wizard, but we took care of them.
0: I was... I was going to get to that. Yes. Um, so they these squid snakes they attacked us in the night. They actually took two of the uh, of the members of the caravan and killed one of the horses as well. And yes, we heard Evangeline Lily, She will be missed. Oh God bless <laughs> her soul. <laughs> there, there won't be another Hope Van Dyne in the next Ant Man movie. Um, I was hoping for a Lost reboot, but yes, continue. <laughs> Yes. Um, and while we were, while we were fighting, as my friend, uh, this is Sylvie behind us. Um, as she stated, there was also some magic wielder, some witch or wizard in the woods that seems to be in, in league with these squid snakes. And, uh, um, so you may hear some rumors of this, of this wizard, but actually, their, their, their connection ties in later, because it turns out they were in league with, as Ornan said, Sir Roly-Poly back in Beregrad, and we ran into her again. But anyway, we defeated most of the squid snakes and some of them uh, fled, and we moved on for another hour or so that night just to find uh, a safer place for us to um, to spend the rest of the evening away from the hunting grounds of these squid snakes. Any checks yet? (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Okay, so um, do you guys want a little insight into this? You did. Yes, you did. So um, I'm going to give you guys the option. Maybe this is too brutal, so maybe we'll have to re-decide this later. But for now, this is kind of fun. I'm going to give you guys the option. You can either, at the end of all of this, make one check. Or... (laughs) You can make multiple checks throughout the whole thing, but with advantage. Oh. I
1: say we make multiple checks.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> and just try not to lie too much.
0: All right, um, go ahead and make a deception check, um, Ghee. Okay, with advantage. With advantage. Yes, with advantage. Okay, here I go. Oh gosh! <laughs> it's an oh, eleven. Man. Oh my First gosh! Roll. Oh. oh my goodness!
3: I got a plus seven. You rolled a four and a two. I got a plus seven and I, uh, with advantage, I got an eleven.
0: Okay, I imagine Ghee. Um, you realize now, as you're saying it all out loud, that it doesn't sound as convincing as it did when you were talking to a bunch of villagers who were ready to uh, go out into the woods with pitchforks and, and torches. Um, but you, what happens is the people at the table start scratching down more notes. Um, or uh, Magram, with your passive perception, you also notice that even the people who were not writing down notes begin taking notes at this point.
2: And it, they okay. all just write down full of
0: beep. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, that bleep sound sounded different than normal. Can I? Do I have like any sense of how? Like, what does, what does Tobias look like during all of that? You're going to glance over at Tobias?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to have you actually make a perception check or an insight check about Tobias. I'm going to have you do the, the actual check. All right. I think I'm going to roll the insight. A 21. Um, you see him biting his lip, and you can see that his hair, like where his hair meets his scalp, is a little bit sweaty. Ugh. You see just the slightest glisten, um, on his forehead. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Eleonora, the chancellor, she says, okay. Um, continue, please. Uh, the rest of this debacle debacle. Somebody please. Somebody.
1: (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's fairly straightforward after, after that, uh, Tobias asked us to assist him, Yes. and we we did so, um, and did our best to get the as much money back for the barony as we could.
2: It was a shock when we found none.
0: <laughs> it was even more of a shock when they attacked us. Yes, please um, fill us in on what happened there. You, you, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fill in a couple of the gaps. You went to Grimley Castle, correct? Oh yeah. Yes. You met with Sir Roland Grimley, the knight, the vassal of, and she motions back to uh, Baron Thorn, the vassal of our good Baron Thorn. Correct. Yes, and we reminded him of that fact. And what happened next?
1: He was not interested in paying his taxes.
0: Real quick question. How many of you in real life right now are sweating? <laughs> Me?
2: I'm feeling kind
0: yeah. of nervous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely nervous. Okay, all right, right. He he said he was. He said he was. He was too close, and he wasn't going to give in. And uh, he refused to give over the king's taxes.
2: And it actually turned out he'd spent most of it, if not all of it. I think he said it was too late. They were all gone. Yeah,
1: some light necrobancy, I think, was going on.
2: He had the darkest of magics. You see the uh, that Thaddeus,
0: the high priest of Torum, You see him uh, make a uh, like a, he kind of reaches up towards his uh, towards his neck and, pull, and holds like a medallion, and he kind of whispers something. He says, "Yes, we heard tale of foul magics being used in Grimly Castle. Terrible, terrible things. Now, what became of that foul magic?" Well, when confronted with all of it. uh we were attacked. Uh, Thaddeus, the high priest, he cuts you off, he says, was Sir Roland under the control of this foul magic? Or did he do this of his own accord? Under, In your own opinion? Um, with uh, Magram, with your insight, you look at the table and you can see that the other, two of the people, uh, Eleonora, uh, the uh, the older woman, the Chancellor, she does not seem um, uh she kind of rolls her eyes at this question, um, but you also, uh, Magram, with your, with your insight and your perception, you see that uh, Sephora, the, uh, ma- the mistress of coin, she seems to be sitting back and paying very close attention to the four of you, but she does not say anything. You also see that she is the one person that has not taken a single note during this, uh, during this uh, conference. She is just watching you guys. She's waiting for us to talk about the money. <laughs> um, and I'd say, um, I would say, uh, Magram, with your insight, she seems to be the smartest one at the table.
3: Got it. Okay. I think Magram would say, um, you know, there is much about arcane arts and magic that is quite foreign to to me, I think, to all of us here. Whether he was under the control of, of this dark magic user, I cannot say. Um, but that he was in league with this dark magic user is incontrovertible.
0: Honestly, I would say that he had lost his the love of his life, his wife, and this magic user, whether she ensorcelled him or simply convinced him that she could bring back his wife, he was duped. Whether magically or just through force of personality. So he was he was being
2: manipulated by her. And when Tobias here asked for the the taxes, Sir Roly-Poly raised arms against Tobias. And you fought back. This is Eleonora again, the Chancellor. We did our duty.
1: Well we got paid more if there is blood. <laughs> Quiet <laughs> <laughs>
3: Margrim stomping on Sylvie's toe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she already brought up the wizard of the woods.
1: (laughs) That was going to come up. I wanted to get ahead of it. It's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cedric, uh, Cedric Ironheart, the Dwarven General, he kind of folds his arms and leans back and he says, and the four of you took out Sir Roland Grimley as well as his guards.
1: It was really Gardinia's work.
0: Yeah, and and also there was the other fella, Garth. I think his name was. He also put up a
2: valiant fight before he was felled by Roland's men. I think he was uh, torn asunder by somebody's blade, split in two. Yeah, Cedric. He looks down at his notes
0: and he's like, um, "I heard he was cut in half at the very beginning of the battle." That did happen. An important distraction. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of he's kind of he's he's eyeing all four of you, and he's like. The four of you, and Gardinia, a guard of the barony. Well,
1: and Tobias fought as well. And Tobias, and, fought and,
0: well. and, Tobi- and Tobi- Tobias fought. You can, uh, as you guys, as, as she said, as you say that, Tobias uh, kind of shrinks a little bit, and Magram looks over and sees a little bit more sweat on his on his forehead, and then uh, Cedric is like. Also- there were also two members of his part of the of Sir Roland's party that refused to take up arms at the beginning, at least. Yeah, who? Who there was an refused archer to take up arms? There was an archer who didn't do anything. Uh shot one shot, and then she kind of um uh didn't do anything else for a while. And then there was his I think her name was Sarlenia. Sarlenia. <laughs> yes, Sarlenia. Yeah. Um, um and then Um, there was the, I know he was older, yes, but he was still, he was still a warm body there, but his, his, uh, Major Domo also went and, and hid and wanted nothing to do with the fight. I'm not, I'm not asking about them. I'm asking about the warriors. There were... The four of you took out Sir Roland Grimley and his master at arms, Gareth. Right. And there was also a Frankenstein or half-orc. I'm not quite sure which one it was. (laughs) Um... But there was, like I said, there was the archer who didn't do much. And then there was, there was a boy who was a squire who also barely counted on the battlefield. It's like something's,
2: he's going to make an insight. Actually, no, he already has an insight. Well, if, if I may just say, I, I may not look it, but I served in the, the Glimhaven militia. Back when in my younger years, so I, I am a trained combatant. He waves you away, Orden. Oh, oh alright. He waves you away and he he waves
0: you away and he says, No, no, no. You, you I believe. And he looks over at Ging and he says, Maybe you. And then he looks back at Sylvie and Magram. I was city watching Lone Shore. Yes, then he looks back at Sylvie and, and Magram. He's like,
1: continue. I certainly didn't do most of the fighting, uh-huh. but I can assure you, there's no other bloodhound like me to track out what whatever it is you're looking for. <laughs> it's true.
0: We've been considering calling our little group the
3: Bloodhound Gang.
1: Exactly. Uh,
3: yeah.
1: so God, everything's about bronze.
3: Um, and if if I may, uh, you know, I, I um, I served for a time in the Inquisition's in the Varian Marches uh, many decades ago and have experience as a combat medic in those situations, doing field f- physician work and surgery, as well as having an ample knowledge of medicines and, and treatments. And I think those who are familiar with combat would know that having somebody to support the troops in the midst of, of the chaos can be quite invaluable. Um, so um this is just to convince um
0: the the dwarven general, okay? And he has a specific uh specific difficulty you're trying to beat. Um basically, you guys have not necessarily lied, but you have left out any mention of using magic. You need to convince him that you were able to take out Sir Roland Grimley and his master at arms and his um half orc uh soldier who was with him as well as his 16-year-old squire <laughs> who turned to <laughs> dust, you, are, you are need, need to convince him. So with the story you've already told, that's great. I just need a deception check with advantage to beat his difficulty. Wait, Margaret, maybe it'll be more convincing if you let him know about all of the magical properties of urine. <laughs> and how you Have can you use urine, urine for urine? combat purposes. <laughs> Why don't you show him the hinky punk? <laughs> oh, jeez.
3: <laughs> Okay, am I rolling the deception again? <laughs> I just need one of you I to roll it. So. I, have I think so. I, I think a, you're the best one at this. Plus seven, come on, don't fail me. As a 19, that's
0: better. He um he kind of looks at you guys for a little bit, and then he, he nods and he sits back. And then Eleonora says, okay, so then Sir Roland was laid low, and then um his steward then was able to clue you in to some of what was happening.
2: Yeah, the steward led us to the basement where all the the necromancy was happening.
0: Please tell us in detail what you found in the basement of Grimley Castle.
2: There were walking skeletons and a couple of zombies and this lady that was quite scary. She charged us and was flinging spells. It was quite the fracas. Oh, magic is terrifying.
1: She was definitely the one Roly Poly was spending his money on.
3: Yes, I was in fact laid low for a time. They had to revive me after the battle.
2: Yeah, there was an altar with the what, what we believe were the remains of Sir Roly Foley's wife. <laughs> you are going to always call him <laughs> Sir <Roly> Foley.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay, and and after you defeated this uh, this magic user, you realized that this magic user was the same woman who attacked you the night before or two nights before on the road yes that is that is the truth
1: <laughs> i suppose to be fair i'm not sure we ever uh, gave her fair trials since she she had passed but that was the assumption we made
3: i mean what else could it be could there have been even more magic users in that area that seems highly unlikely
1: and the, the Grix stopped attacking relatively recently after uh, she left. Well, was dead, not really left, but, you know,
2: was killed. <laughs> I sure hope she... the Gryx really stopped attacking.
0: <laughs> um, Thaddeus, the uh, the uh, high priest of Torm, he, he says, tell me what you found of this ritual that she was performing. Well, they were the bones of, of Sir Roland's wife, uh, there on the altar we could, we saw
3: the the freshly dug casket um that was there there were some seemed to be a table right with like different uh potions or or uh things i don't know how magic works in this case but <laughs> it looked like there was a chalice of blood <laughs> or something magrum make it no i'm just kidding, I'm <laughs> kidding.
0: <laughs> honestly it looked like she was there were there were um if you if you were to go down into this chamber there were two statues that looked to be of some kind of a deity that it looked like um, they had attempted to block their view with curtains and um, uh, to to keep their sight from the unholy work that was happening in the middle on the altar. You see Thaddeus, the high priest of Torm, starts nodding. He says, yes, of course, desecrating a, a temple not dedicated to your god or your pursuits. It's best to try to hide the eyes of... Of that person who the temple is actually dedicated to, that makes sense. See exactly, our whole story checks out. <laughs> and and then uh, Eleanor, then she uh, she speaks up again. The chancellor, the, this older woman with the bun on top and the fringe of uh, the, the the white hair hanging down. Um, she speaks up again. She says, and then tell me what um, what were you able to do in your attempt to recover the missing taxes that are owed, and she motions back again to uh, the Baron,
3: to our our good Baron here. Um, if I may, we looked at what valuables there were there to take an account of them so that uh, Tobias, Sir Tobias here, could return with those. And I spoke with him about the idea of perhaps um, the barony claiming the manor of Grimley Castle to use it in order to, to to rectify the the losses, um perhaps by selling it or by you know letting it out to others and receiving the rents on it, something to that effect. I
1: Airbnb in it. Yes,
3: <laughs> right, fancy hotel. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um Anything that could have been done to perhaps make up the difference.
0: And we didn't really help with the search so much. We actually, right after that, we left the castle and never came back into it. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe. Um, but we were also hired to help escort whatever valuables he was able to find here to Redlam. And that's what brings us here in front of you today. Um, they kind of look uh, at each other back and forth. Um, you see that this is the first time that Sephora, the uh, mistress of coin, that she actually takes her eyes from you four and looks back at the other three. They, um, Eleonora uh, says, if you would not mind, uh, please uh, step back, take a seat, make yourselves comfortable. We we have some things to discuss, but we'd appreciate you you not leaving this small hall. Gulp. And then they go back to discussing things amongst themselves. You see that the Baron does not move. He is still sitting on his throne um, underneath that green canopy. Is he moving at all? Or is he like he a puppet? Moving. No, 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 okay. no, no. You see him move. You see him move. Okay, <laughs> it's a wax figurine. <laughs> I, yeah, know. I, I I forgot to describe uh, this a little bit more as well. You can see that there are other guards in here. You can see that there are two like uh, of the barons, like the castle guards. Those, these better equipped guards. Uh, one on the on the west wall. One on the east wall. The one on the east wall is next to another door that leads somewhere else. And then back, kind of standing about ten feet to either side of the baron, you see that there are these. These two, um, these two warriors that look like, um, they are, um, these are uh, above and beyond the castle guards. You see that there's a woman to his left and a and there's a man to his right uh, that are standing there um, at attention. Uh, one is uh, the woman has a great sword strapped across her back, and then the man um, on the right he's got um, a sword, like two swords at his waist. Um, they are heavily armored. They look like they know what they're doing, and you are all here um, waiting for the small council to finish their discussion. Um, Gardenia is talking to Tobias. You guys can talk amongst yourselves if you want to. Um, Gardenia, though, is going to uh, talk to Tobias for a second, and then she's going to step across the hall, um, uh, the, across the room over to you four. As soon as she shows up, I'll say, you're doing great. <laughs> uh, she, she, she nods. and <laughs> She says, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate all the kind words. Um, they... They can see through that, though. They know that I was not, um, that I was not the the key player that you make me out to be.
1: We only spoke the truth.
0: In the grand scheme of things, I mean, if we're going hard numbers, damage dealing, you you probably did more than I did. I appreciate that. Um, I think she kind of looks around um, and she kind of gauges how things went, and she's like, "I think, I think it's going." Well, um, Um, yeah, there was a bit of a misstep with the wizard of the woods thing, but I think we can play that off as just us assuming that, oh, of course it had to be the same wizard. I mean, this is in a whisper. Of course it had to be the same wizard because I mean, who runs into wizards in the woods and then two days later, you know, so we could just maybe play that off as like, oh, I guess we realized at that point that maybe our story, what, what we had assumed wasn't super strong, but I think the rest of it went pretty well.
1: But that wasn't, that's not our fault. Like everyone else assumed the same.
0: Right. I mean, we, but you know what they say about assuming.
1: I have um, heard some things. Gardenia
0: says, no, what? <laughs> uh, yes. She says, I think that, I think overall, um, your, your, uh, interrogation, your, uh, your chat with this small council has, uh, gone over, um, uh, better than Tobias's, honestly. So um, I think that hopefully your words have led some credibility to uh, Tobias's story, which is of course the truth, but um, th- a fingers crossed. And um, th- thank you for your kind words. I- I'm going to go stand over by Tobias again. And she steps back across the room. Ciao.
1: <laughs> How is Tobias looking over there?
0: Um, He actually, as he's standing there, you see him reach into his uh,
2: jacket and pull out a little flask and take a little swig again. All right. Oh, no. his He had oh, just man. kicked that habit. Oh, I wonder <clears throat> if it's, it's any mycelium meat. I think I got him hooked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, it's delicious. Well, Emily, really, guys, are you, is anybody else getting like a chrono-trigger vibe here, where no matter
3: how well we do a trial, we're still going to end up being executed in three days? I think you're oh, probably 100%. right. That was the first thing that came into my mind. I know. Look, <laughs> quick, everybody, look around for a dinosaur tank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a dragon tank. All right. Uh, as you guys are talking, then um, uh, Eleonora, the chancellor, she stands back up. She says... All right, you four. If you will please uh, come back in front of us, please. She uh, she looks down at her notes and she looks at the other members of the council, and then she turns back and looks at the Baron, who nods, uh, still with that scowl on his face. Um, and then Eleanor turns back towards you, and she says, "We have." listened to your tale we've listened to and she motions over to tobias we've listened to tobias's tale as well as uh gardenia and um after weighing all of the evidence and after gathering all of this information i'm gonna have you make one more deception check with advantage
3: oh jeez, oh, guys do it gee do it do it
1: turn on oh. that smile
0: it's like, so I know that it's a random number generator. So I'm like, when is the optimal moment to click? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's 221. Nice. Oh, my God. With advantage, a oh. 21 and a 21. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Okay. Um, I will uh, finish this out and then I'll kind of tell you how this whole situation uh, was set up because it's kind of fun. People like to hit, see behind the screen a little bit. Eleonora says, um, it seems that Tobias uh, and the story that he has shared is the truth, at least as close to the truth as we can come. Um, she turns to Sephora, the uh, the mistress of coin, and says, Sephora, do you believe that the the treasures obtained from Grimley Castle will be enough to cover the taxes owed our good King Astolfo from uh, the Baron? And then. Sephora, she looks down at her papers. She shuffles the papers uh, a little bit. She says, yes, I believe it will be. I believe that it will be enough. And then um, Eleanor turns back to the four of you, and she says, I thank you for all the help that you have given to the barony in retrieving these missing taxes, and I now uh, commend you for all of your help. Uh, She turns back to the baron, and she says... Baron Thorn, it appears that the preparations made for your trip to the Council of Barons in Myrlof, that all preparations should suffice. And you see the Baron nod and then he kind of with just one hand, he kind of just, with the back of his hand, kind of shooes you away. And Eleonora turns back and says that will be all. You may now leave the castle and enjoy your stay in Vedlam. I will do a a swooping bow and then turned to head out.
3: Yeah. Likewise.
1: Yeah. We're all in tide. Well, that went well. (laughs) Uh,
0: As you are leaving the castle, uh, gardenia follows you as well. Um, uh, I want everyone to make one last perception check, not passive, just actually make a perception perception or an insight check. Um, it's a 14 for Guy. Oh man. Mogram's insight
3: is going or his perception is going to be huge.
1: Sylvie <laughs> so rolled a 19.
3: Ornan got a 13 insight. Malgram got a nat 20 insight for a 27. <laughs>
0: Wait, did you <laughs> oh say perception gosh. or
1: insight?
3: Uh,
0: didn't I say either? I said either. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. He's trying to roll the right thing. Okay. I'd say with a fourteen perception, as you are um, walking out, uh, Ghee, you notice Tobias. um, It looks like his shoulders have relaxed. It looks like he is. um, He kind of starts wiping his forehead a little bit, and he goes and he sits down on a bench there in the in the room as you guys are leaving, and takes a big breath. Um, It appears that he was emptying his flask on the ground. Uh, no, um, with the insights with Sylvie and Mogram with your 19 and your 27. All right. So, uh, Sylvie, as you are walking out with your insight, you glance back and you can see you, you feel, you feel eyes on you. And, um, as you look back, you see that the Baron is staring across the room at you, at the four of you, as you leave.
1: You guys, I think he's checking me out.
0: He's pretty hot. And you're not even wearing the bow. Magram. with your... Oh, um, so this is insight. So, Sylvie, um, you you get the impression that while your story may not have been totally believable at times, um, the Baron is willing to overlook certain inconsistencies with your story. And, and let things slide a little bit. Um, Magram. with your natural 20, your 27, um, you uh, kind of glance around the room as you're leaving and you lock eyes for a second with Sephora, the Mistress of Coin. And she gives you a little nod. And something about that little nod, you get the distinct impression that she was on your side
2: mm.
0: no matter what she was on your side and that's that Ooh. is giving you the, the the blessings of a natural 20. Now can I tell you guys a little bit about how that as you guys leave the castle uh gardenia is is going with you she does not say a word until you guys are actually out of the castle out of the gatehouse you're standing out in front of the castle you can see the Prolian archive in front of you this this two towered um two split towered um building out in front of you And you see um, the high ward to your right, you see the west quarter to your left, you see the lake straight ahead, and the large church of Aona um, straight ahead as well. But um, let me explain kind of how this was going to work. So, um, there were a couple of checks you guys had to make, but everybody on the council had their own passive insight. And... Different people had better insights than others. Um, so, um, Cedric, uh, the, um, the uh, uh, general, the dwarven general, his passive insight was 13. Okay? So, they're all above average intelligence, right? Um, uh, Eleonora, her passive insight was 14. Uh, Thaddeus, the religious advisor of Torm, uh, his passive insight was 15. Baron Thorne's passive insight was 16, and Sephora's passive insight was 17. Depending on where your checks landed in that range, different things could have happened as well as different outcomes. But you guys managed to pull it all off with a couple of really good deception rolls, and even though... You haven't convinced them of everything. Uh, you convinced them of enough that you are now free to go and roam around Redlam at your leisure. So I didn't, I, I didn't trick anybody with that first deception check
3: about the Wizard of the Woods. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so with insight, uh, with your, with your, with your uh, passive insights, um, actually, everybody can roll insight, but I'll give it to Mogram anyway. Um, and I guess, I, you know, I guess I can, yeah. I rolled an eight.
1: Silver so rolled a 19
0: nice that's two 19s in a row for you
2: yeah ornan also got an eight
0: um and Mogram gets it anyway just because his passive insight is so insane um but so i think Ghee and ornan you guys are like maybe they did buy it maybe they did maybe they did buy it maybe maybe there was enough that they actually you know they've you know it, 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 make, it makes sense like you guys are kind of talking yourselves up in your brain you know you guys are kind of going through everything yeah yeah that makes sense you kind of are talking yourselves into it Magram and Sylvie, though you both recognize that nobody in that room was an acolyte of Aona, and maybe not even a follower of Aona. And while following the creeds of Aona might be um, uh, that might be uh, a, a nationwide kind of um, uh, law or rule um, in that room they were willing to overlook certain things as long as it wasn't like crazy. Um, You know, if you guys would have come out and said, we were blasting them with magic and, you know, you wouldn't believe (laughs) Sylvie was used her bitch bolt and like totally zapped a a kid to death. So I started blasting them.
1: (laughs) He deserved it. The kids started it.
0: Well, she scuffed yes. her feet first, though, so it could have been magic. Could have just been science. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, that, things could have gone differently, um, but they were willing to overlook overlook it. So um, maybe um, the uh, at least here in Alaron, maybe Aona does not have quite as much of a hold. At least not in private uh, conversation and in private uh, settings, um, as um, as out in public. All right, you are all out now um, in this uh, square just outside of the uh, outside the castle. And uh, Gardenia turns to you and says, "Well, that went surprisingly well. You know what you should do to celebrate? You should go buy yourself some new fancy clothes like we did." She she thinks back. She's like, "Yeah, canary yellow, canary yellow's not for me. <laughs> what about
2: sequins?" <laughs>
0: She says, well, if you'll excuse me, I do have new um, pri- new duties to to see to here in the city. But um, should you need me, um, I'll be around. And uh, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think where she'd even be. Okay. Um, she says, should you need me, I'll be around. And if you, if you need me, um, I'll be at the constabulary in High Ward. There's a constabulary in High Ward and there's one down in Sweet Quarter. But I'll be over in High Ward. Which you guys would know is like the rich part of town. Well, congratulations again on your promotion. No, thank you very much.
1: Yes, you really deserved it, Gardini. We weren't
0: just blowing smoke. You always impressed us. We were always so impressed with how you handled yourself.
1: Yes, don't uh, don't sell yourself
2: short.
0: Yeah, I don't sell myself short. I'm amazing. <laughs> I like you. Right, and then and then, uh, and then she is going to uh, go her separate ways. All right. Here you are in the city of Redlam.
1: In the city. The city of
0: Redlam. (laughs) I'm just waiting for a riot to happen here, and I'll name an episode Bedlam and Redlam.
1: (laughs) Well, there was a very
0: real possibility you guys would have gone to, uh, you guys would have been arrested, depending on your rules.
1: No way. We're smooth as (laughs)
0: <laughs> Honestly, things went really well Maybe we don't need to change our clothes We can keep those for another special occasion I was afraid we were going to have to sneak out of here And that the, the Baron was going to send people after the, You know, people fitting our descriptions And tried to change them up But I don't know if we even need to change
1: I'm not sure I want to be called in again We, we got off this time But I don't, I don't think I want to be called in again To be questioned I, I wouldn't mind changing my appearance
3: Uh, That, and I don't think that it would be good for us to perhaps stick around, because while they perhaps have bought what we have sold them for now, I would not be surprised if if things were to change, or if there were uh, some ire that needed to be placed on someone that they might turn to us. That's true. Where do you suppose we should go next, then? Or do we...
2: Go our separate ways. Well, I have a thought. I don't think
0: we should go our separate ways just yet. Because we share something besides just a camaraderie on the battlefield and days of travel together. We've been sharing. We've been sharing dreams. We and uh, something you were saying last night, uh, Ornin, about.
3: Was what this about what, your eyes, Key. <laughs> Sorry, no, wait. No, what, no, what are we talking about?
1: In <laughs> a sleep about uh, Gemma.
3: Oh. oh we do. I,
2: I'm so, I do that sometimes, I'm sorry. It's still pretty crazy, right? We've all had these connected dreams. And I've been thinking about it. Sylvie,
0: you mentioned in your dream that not only did was there a sense of loss, but there was also this feeling of of encroaching wild and savageness. And I, I can't help but tie that feeling to what we've even experienced on the road here, with not not just the Greeks attacking the caravans, but with even the domestic animals in in the in that town a couple of days back, or, or or even last night as I was walking, uh, just between the the tailor's shop and the oaken throne, I heard all kinds of animals fighting, and um, it it was it was it was unexpected and i'm wondering if that's connected in any way which then makes me think if it's if it's nature growing more wild Ornan, and you were saying that you heard about the the druids of the of the sanctuary of sylvanus or something that they had left i wonder if they would have any insights into into all that and maybe help us
2: connect it to the dream the rumor about these these priests is that they've kind of abandoned their temple and they're hanging out in some gardens. I thought it might be worth asking them to see what their thoughts are on all the wildlife going a little bit crazy.
3: You know, uh, Guy, it is as though you were reading my mind. There is too much that is happening these days that feels peculiar and foreboding. And I try to imagine myself away and on my own confronting these travails or these difficulties all without companionship and that seems fraught with disaster so it seems to me that being together is probably the best way to face whatever it is that might be coming i would agree i am definitely in favor of the idea of going and speaking with these druids of sylvanus sylvanus Sil- sylvanus Silve—Silvanus. I think there's an anus at the end it's sylvanus
0: <laughs> there's usually anus. an anus at the
3: end anus. <laughs> broncanus
0: <laughs>
3: oh you silly anus
0: <laughs> I always said sylvanus but then again I also always said bale instead of so now we have balls and sylvanus and, ugh <laughs>
3: You know, I, I pulled up Diablo 2 the other day to listen to how they said Bale versus Ball, and they use Bale in that game. So I feel justified. You can probably cut that. Nobody cares. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, we're keeping it yes. and the awkward They're silence. Right.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, for sure. There's also this map we found, and I'd, wa- I'd want to take another look at it together, maybe in- more privately, but there's also... There is potential for a very lucrative endeavor, going to some of these other locations marked on these maps and seeing what ancient things we might be able to unearth and maybe go into, you know, adventure archaeology or something.
1: Ooh, dungeon delving.
2: That could always be fun. Well, if the map is contemporary with the dreams, we might be able to find some more information about that time period. At the time period, yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like... It doesn't seem like we're in the right area of
0: the world to find where Oak Road was. But money...
1: I do like money.
0: I use it to buy goods and services.
1: (laughs) Yes. I like to make a pool of it and kind of like Scrooge McDuck dive in.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, very cool. Okay. So... You guys, what is it you guys are
3: wanting to do at this point? I propose we go and get drunk. We celebrate, and then tomorrow we decide to go and seek out these druids.
1: Should we keep our clothes on for tonight and then change into (laughs) our new clothes tomorrow? (laughs) Or should we just take it off?
2: (laughs) When we get drunk... We can, we can take it all off. <laughs> I I want to see a drunk margram trying to get
0: everyone to do the electric slide in that yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, it's so funny. Come on, everybody. You know it. Come on, it's the electric slide. Come on. <laughs> Why isn't anybody up here with me?
2: <laughs> well, before we go back to the tavern, that's I... I- <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go back to the tavern I need to find a bank I, I'd like to send some of the money we found Back to Gemma Oh, that's very generous of you You're a good man, Ornan Well, i just like to take care of Take care of them Since my brother's not around anymore uh, yeah, Guy, you spotted a bank
0: over in the High Ward. The High Ward is like High Ward and Lakeside. That's like the, the east and the northeast um, of the city. That's like the the premier uh, rich area. Um, also, I should explain a little bit more about the city too. There's a couple of villages. Um, there's two gates that leave on the, on the east side out of the city and there's a gate that goes to the south. And the gates that uh, lead out to the east side, there are two villages right on the outside of the city there's bonners row and then there's greenway village and um just so you guys are aware um just to kind of give you a kind of political uh idea of how this works bonners row is a, is a small little village it's right next to redlam but it actually has a knight who is the vassal there who runs bonners row and then also greenway village has a knight there as well so there's like There's these other vassals of the Baron, um, even though they're right here, right next to the city. So Bonner's Row and Greenway Greenway Village technically um, are their own entity. Maybe that was more information that anybody cared about. That's more for me. We care. I like it. So what's happening? (laughs) What are you guys doing? Uh, (laughs) Well, we can sell the armor and we can send some money to Gemma and then we can
3: just go spend the rest of the day plastered out of our minds. (laughs) You're <laughs> here. here. <Okay. laughs> Are edibles legal right. here? I won't
2: tell if you won't tell. <laughs> I th- I'm sure I've got a bag of mushrooms in my pack somewhere.
1: Is there a way for us to possibly check on Dilar and and see what happened with him?
0: Oh yes. Okay. Let's go back to our room. For, well, let's do some things. We can check on Dilar, and I, there's something else I wanted to I wanted to do. I didn't tell any of you this. During my watch the other night my book opened up and I saw a name in it for the first time ever I hadn't noticed it before but does the name Draven Hartwood
2: ring any bells for any of you Now that's a name you could have picked that sounds
3: really cool <laughs> um, <laughs> What what is the nature of this book that you have anyway how, like how did you obtain it
1: yes do names spontaneously appear in it often
3: just this is the first time i
0: (sighs) i think we should get some drinks in this drinks in us before
3: we, we start talking about this and i'd like to do a little more in a place a little more private okay that's that sounds reasonable let's let's do this thing and you can tell us stories about your your book Um, and perhaps we can, we can talk a little bit about some of our backgrounds, get to know each other a little bit more. So how's your sex life? (laughs) 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 Ah, So funny, Mark. Ah, I did not hit her. I did
0: not. All right. Uh, very good. So you guys are going to head over to the high ward to a bank first off, which is not a problem. Um, they have a kind of courier service. Uh, basically the next time a caravan goes, there is um, like a um, uh, you're not the only person who would be sending things back and forth, but there's like a little lock box that, uh, that their courier will, will take that is full of money. Uh, and how much
2: uh, Ornan are you going to send back to Gemma? Let me pull up my notes. Okay. Um, I have 64 gold to send her.
0: Oh, wow. That's a lot. Very cool. All right. That's not a problem. You send 64 gold back to Gemma. They actually change it out for platinum. So it's actually lighter and easier to carry. Um, and then, um, uh, you want to sell the, uh, the armor, huh? Yeah. And also the armor that I used to be wearing, the armor that I got from Nalira. Oh yeah. The armor that I got so that she would, uh, so how, how do I put this? The armor she gave me so that I'd look hot. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's not so a problem. Eye you find. Candy. <laughs> yeah. You find uh, you find a couple of leather workers uh, that are there um, in kind of on, on Silverhand Lane uh, that sell kind of high-end leather work. Uh, when you go in and you show this studded leather armor, they are very intrigued with it. Um, regular studded leather armor is 45 gold pieces. I'll say that studded leather armor is going to be um, like 180 if it's plus one. So you can sell it for 90. Okay, let's do it. Okay. okay. And then I have some yeah. scale. Oh, also, hey. Should we sell these manta corpses to some leatherworkers?
1: Manta corpses? We should. Or do we
0: want to? Yeah, do we want to like commission something from
2: them, or just sell the raw leather? I say we sell it. I don't know how long we're gonna stay here in Redlam. Well, you have it in that big bag of yours. Yep, it's right here.
0: Okay. This same leatherworker looking at it, he's like, you know, this isn't necessarily great quality that I. His name is Tanner. He's like this is Tanner. It
2: does
0: it does have wings, it does have wings. But I mean, but let's be honest. I mean, a cow's leather is going to be better than manticore skin. This is more of a showpiece. So I mean, I could make a trophy out of it. But usually, the person who it's like you go hunting for a deer and you sell me the deer to mount the head and then I sell the head to somebody else doesn't make sense usually the trophy matters to the person who took down the beast so I can make a trophy for you out of these manticore hides and these manticore you know, manes if you would like um, but as far as me buying them off of you I mean I could give you I could give you maybe
3: 16 gold for both of them So, eight gold apiece. Could you make, like, a a nifty ulster cloak with it?
1: A sit cloak.
3: (laughs) And a hood. A hood out of the head so that we have, like, a lion mane and fangs
0: coming down over our forehead.
1: But definitely wings on the back of the cloak,
0: for sure. I mean, I wouldn't wear it. It'd be gaudy as hell, but it'd be pretty cool. I could... I could do that for you. Um, Instead of you... Instead of me paying you for the leather, you would then have to pay me for the work. This is garbage. Just take our skins, but let's go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't recognize quality manticore leather when it sees it. I could make you these quality leather cloaks, these manticore cloaks for 15 gold apiece. They will not give you any benefit except for being made of manticore skin. Never mind.
1: <laughs> I say just huck the, huck the skins. We don't need them. All right, 16
0: gold. You know what he's going to do? He's going to turn it into some kind of trophy and some wealthy person's going to come pay like 200 gold for it. He literally, as soon as you guys leave, he takes down his sign and starts repainting it to like the Manticore's Leathers or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, and then you said you wanted to sell some scale mail as well, Matt? Yeah, just what I was wearing before. Yeah, you you can get 25 gold for that. Great. Is there anything anybody wants to purchase right now while you guys are shopping? There is no Gerard here, but there is people who are selling things. And anyone who has not listened to Campaign One and has no clue who Gerard is, you're really missing out. You're
1: missing missing out.
0: out. He was a treasure. He was a treasure. Yes,
2: all of them were. Every single (laughs) Gerard we met.
0: Uh, They come from the moon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I still think that he was some sort of like God that was like everywhere all at once. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, as you guys
0: finish up shopping and you head back to the Oaken throne to maybe have a couple drinks, maybe talk about some of the things that have been going on and maybe decide on your next uh, steps of what you're going to do. I I think you all realize at this point that you... You kind of dodged a bullet a little bit with that meeting with the Baron and that things could have really gone south, but they didn't. And you are here, you are free in the city of Redlam and the world's your oyster. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight all right you guys well thank you for playing and uh when we get together next time we'll see what other uh, adventures can happen here in the city of redlam don't forget go join our discord you can chat with us you can chat with other like-minded individuals who like us for some reason Uh, you can share your theories you can maybe mention a couple things that may have been missed by our players that maybe you listeners are a little bit more in tune Wow, and He's throwing until shade. we get together next time, that was harsh, Paul. You realize that Scott and I listen wow. with a okay, fine toothed comb to every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you have a great time.